The first months of the year are all about farm animal babies, especially lambs and kids. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Emma Schaffel joins us. She's a veterinarian with Wapan Veterinary Services. She reminds new and seasoned sheep and goat owners about best practices for the kidding and lambing season. This can last from January through April. Emma says a lot of these questions come up because of the growing number of hobby farms in the state. The bread and butter of our practice is, is our dairy medicine, you know, and our clients range from anywhere from, you know, 30 to 40 milking cows to in, in the thousands. But there's also quite a growing number of, I sort of refer to them as, as hobby farmers, um, myself included. I have some goats chickens and ducks and, you know, things like that. Animals that don't really make me any money, but I enjoy. Um, so we're seeing quite a big rise in people that have these animals, whether it's for like a fall, you know, small scale farming operation to um, something they just have for fun, for their family, things like that. So now we are seeing a lot more of those types of clients. So I, I do enjoy doing that as well as that, you know, your uh, production medicine, because it. Um, add something different to the day, uh, kind of gets your brain thinking in a different sort of way, too. So we see a lot more clients now that have a um, couple goats to 100 goats. Um, and so that's always always fun and, and a new sort of challenge to spice up the day. And when we think about some of those smaller farm animals, Emma, the sheep, the goats, it's this time of year where we start to see the little babies coming on the ground on the farm. Um, when yes. is that timeline for baby animals, specifically kids and lambs? January through February, sometimes March. I mean, everyone's a little bit different when, when they choose to breed um, and when they want their lambing window to be. But but most of my clients, anyway, lamb in January, which I always find a little bit ironic because Wisconsin, of course, in the winter can be uh, brutal, you know, for humans and for animals. So that can definitely provide its own set of challenges. But, um, yeah, this is a pretty busy month for seasonal breeders, so mainly sheep. Um, goats also, but I, I do find that they are a little bit later. Um, you know, March and April, some people prefer to breed them uh, a little bit later on in the fall. Um, so that tends to be a little bit easier on, on those guys. But this is definitely when we see our biggest rush of, of lambing, lambing problems, um, C-sections, dystocias, things like that. So it's definitely a busy month for, for babies. And Emma, whether you are a beginning hobby farmer or a veteran farmer, but you just need a reminder, what are some of the key things to watch out for to ensure that you have healthy lambs and kids? You told me ahead of this interview that it actually starts before the little ones even arrive. You know, we always think of the babies and we can't wait for them, but, you know, management of your, of your breeding stock is really important. I would say the biggest thing is try to have as good of an idea of when they're going to kid or when they're going to land. You know, with most of our dairy, every nearly everything, I should say, is AI. We're doing ultrasounding. So we have these dates and we have a much tighter grasp on it. Um, you know, I do do quite a bit of um, laparoscopic AI for sheep and goats. So those animals, of course, we have a date on. But, you know, a lot of people, they'll have, you know, 15 or 20 ewes and put them in with a ram. Um, some people use markers for the ram, um, so when he jumps an animal, they kind of have an idea about when they were bred. But having an idea of when they're actually supposed to lamb or kid is really important. We see a lot that, you know, that they kind of catch them last minute. They don't, you know, they're wooly. They didn't shear them. They don't see an udder developing, and then they lamb out in a pasture somewhere, and the, and the babies don't make it. So having, you know, a good idea on when they were bred 
um, if it's ram breeding and they're within multiple breeding cycles. Uh, knowing that, keeping good records is really important. You know, a lot of places will separate the ewes or the does into like a lambing jug or a little separate area. Um, I kind of like that. I'm not saying it needs to be done, but having a certain clean, warm, dry, non-drafty area for them to lamb or kid is really important. You don't want to be, you know, looking out in your field and seeing a you lambing and she's you coming and she gets up and runs away and stops the normal process of birth. So having, um, having them all ready in this designated area, ready to lamb. Cameras are great. Uh, I know they could be kind of expensive, but... Um, that can also help monitor changes, progress, things like that. So I'd say that's a good place to start is making sure that um, you're kind of all ready to go before the babies even hit the ground. And then when the mama is lambing or kidding, what are some of the things that a producer needs to do to be hands-on right away as soon as those hooves hit the ground? I get these questions a lot. I mean, a lot of people, if they're, they're first-time sheep or goat owners, you know, it's, it's quite easy to, to panic. You know, I always tell people that you want to be seeing progress. You know, so if you see a you getting up and down, acting really uncomfortable, I try not to fuss with them too much at that point. You know, so if you see them getting up and down, you know, you don't want to be going in and out of their pen constantly, disrupting them. Try to just keep eyes on them from, from a healthy distance. Most of them do lamb laying down, although some of them will do it standing up. But most of the time, if you see them laying down, pushing, screening, that's another good sign that it's progressing. When you start to see either like a water bag coming out or a lot of fluid indicating the water bag broke, now you should start seeing either a nose in front feet or a hoof, or you should start seeing something, you know, within the next hour or two after that. I always tell people, if you see them pushing and pushing, you see a lot of fluid, and then you don't see anything for six hours, that's not a good sign. You know, that would be a little bit missing the ball. You know, we want to intervene a little bit sooner than that. So I always tell people we want to see progress or change over the next 30 minutes to an hour. So once you start to see some front feet, need a little bit of hoof coming out and a nose, it doesn't mean you need to reach in and grab the baby out, but it means that within the next 30 minutes, you should see maybe a neck. And then all of that, you should see, you know, the spine coming out or, or the thoracic cavity. Um, once they start and the baby's in the correct spot, they tend to happen pretty quick. So if everything's in the right position, they tend to push them out pretty fast. But if you're seeing a lot of fluid and a lot of pushing and nothing in the next hour or two, then that's when I recommend reaching in and, and checking to make sure the baby's positioned the right way. So, Emma, once the new lamb or the new kid arrives, what does it need right away from us? The biggest thing is making sure that, you know, she she has the baby, she pushes them out. I'm giving her a chance to have twins. You know, it's very common that they have multiples. Um, if you're comfortable, you can always reach in and feel if there's any more. But usually when she stands up and starts licking the babies off, it's always a good indication that she's done. Although there's nothing wrong with being on the safe side and checking for, for twins or triplets in there. But after after they're done, you know, letting the mom do her job is pretty important. So we know they're cute and they're really cuddly, but we want them to bond. So I give the you a chance to lift them off herself, let them nurse. You, know, you can observe at a distance or with cameras. Um, but I, I try to let the mom do it um, because all the fluid, the amniotic fluid on the baby is what's going to help bond the mom too. Um, and her licking off the baby actually helps her produce more oxytocin, which is the hormone responsible for milk letdown. So if we see the baby and it's born, we take it right away and try and dry it off. That doesn't give the mom the chance to do that that first bonding. Now, of course, we can if it was a, a hard pull, a dystocia, you had to intervene. 
you know, of course, then maybe we need to stimulate the baby, get it going. But give, give the mom a chance to do it herself first. Then watching and making sure it's nursing. You know, they, they really want that colostrum within the first four hours of life. So if you're seeing the baby not get up, not stand, the mom doesn't stand to let her nurse, the mom kicks it away, that kind of thing, then we may have to milk the, the you out and feed the baby with a syringe or, um, you know, an esophageal feeder tube. And then you kind of alluded to this earlier, but the state of the environment that the kids and the lambs come in, let's talk about weather or, you know, the proper indoor condition, the how clean you should keep the pen. Walk us through some of the environmental aspects for these little ones. Biggest thing is keeping it keeping it clean. Um, a lot of people bed with straw, which is great. You know, when they're first born, they have a very poor immune system until they get that colostrum. So that means they're super susceptible to anything in the environment. So whereas an adult animal, you know, bacteria is everywhere, of course. You know, and an adult animal can deal with that load perfectly fine. But a newborn, if they kid and it's wet and soggy and damp and the bedding hasn't been changed in two weeks and they take a mouthful of that E. coli or salmonella or whatever it is, they're not going to be able to, to deal with that. And then you're starting from 10 steps behind the, the eight ball at that point. So having a clean environment, making sure that the navel is dipped with iodine, that also helps um, getting the colostrum into them being able to clean things out easy too, you know, if that's the area that the baby's going to be in for the next several weeks, let's say, making sure that you're able to go in and clean that area out. You know, we don't want them to be sitting in there, you know, in the manure and urine for weeks and weeks either. So making sure wherever you put them, I always tell clients, make sure this is an area that's easy for you too to get into and clean. Having heat lamps there is also really important for, for the babies. Um, I have one client that makes uh, lammy jammies, he calls them, um, and puts little sweaters on the lambs also because his barn is pretty big and a little brassy. So he puts sweaters on the babies as they start to grow and get dried off and whatnot. And that helps keep them warm too. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got to be a cute picture. <laughs> yes, they're adorable. It's walking into a barn and seeing you know, 30, 40 lambs all in little jackets is just... Yeah, it makes my day. <laughs> yeah. Emma Shafel along with us. She's a veterinarian with Wapan Veterinary Services in Wapan, Wisconsin, with great tips on how to make sure that your kidding and lambing seasons go smoothly. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.